Hello and welcome to Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I'm your host, Leo, and today we're actually going to be talking about Super Mario Brothers, the one from the 90s, because I haven't really had time to watch anything else this week. My plan was actually kind of jumping around this week, I'll be honest, because... <laughs> So last week, at the end of the episode, I said, oh, I was thinking about watching Annihilation. Or I said that in one of the episodes. I said it at some point, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but I said I was going to watch Annihilation because I was interested in it. And then I saw that 65 was also available to watch. And I was like, I kind of want to watch and talk about 65. So maybe I'll you know sit down and watch that. Um, and then... I didn't, because the week flew by uh, faster than I would have expected, and uh, all I had watched was the original Super Mario Brothers movie, so um, here we are, and uh, yeah, <laughs> so there's that. So, to be fair, I have also been wanting to watch the original Super Mario Brothers movie, and I figured I might end up talking about it eventually. I do love bad video game movies. I like good video game movies too, but you know most of them end up bad, and I just like them. I, I like to collect them. And yeah, so I, I ended up, uh, I ended up watching it. So we'll go ahead and talk about it as well. So something I wanted to talk about, as part of this, is slightly. Uh, I, I won't go too much into it because I still want to talk about the newer Mario Brothers, but I do want to talk about the similarities between the two movies. There's not as much as you might think, but yeah. And I do still want to talk about the newer one at some point, but we'll, we'll take that and set it aside for now. And just kind of put it over there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, kind of, because we let's talk about the similarities uh, now, I guess. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll go over it by just kind of relaying what I deem to be the kind of similar through line, while basically just doing a very vague uh, story recap uh, that kind of vaguely recaps both in a way. I know it's a bit awkward, but... Uh, but yeah, let's do it that way. I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants like I normally do, but a little bit extra this time, so you know, please bear with me. <laughs> so, the movie follows, of course, the Mario brothers, Mario and Luigi, as they are struggling with their plumbing business. Uh, and struggling to keep their plumbing business afloat. They, at some point, end up in, like, a weird underground sewer-slash-subway-tunnel situation and end up in another world. And during this time in another world, they look are looking for someone. And... Th they, they get to know the world and meet a bunch of unlikely allies and whatnot. Then, in the climax of the film, the two worlds start to kind of merge, but don't. 
And then the Mario Brothers are deemed heroes in both worlds. That's the very basic, simple um, through line that kind of joins the two movies together. But otherwise, um, one <laughs> one does not at all take the source material seriously, and one takes it maybe a little too seriously. Well, again, still, it, it's weird. Again, take that. We'll put that aside. <laughs> So, the 90s Mario Brothers is something. It, it is definitely something. It just kind of takes its own thing and runs with it. While just kind of sprinkling some Mario Brothers in there. Now, the director's excuse for all the changes that he made... And, and we will get into to all the changes that he's made, is that what he was trying to go for when writing and or when making the movie was that this was the real story and the video games were like the, the weird messed up adaptation that got things wrong. And... and yeah, sure, I guess you could say that, but it's still not a very good movie. <laughs> Let, let's go ahead and, and start di dissecting it a little bit. Um, I don't really have much history with this film to start off. I don't have much history. I've, I've seen some reviews on it. I've seen some clips of it, but I'd never like properly seen the film. Until, like, yesterday. So, so yeah. It, it's a lot more bonkers than I thought. The movie opens with a weird animated sequence in which it's supposed to be, like, Brooklyn 65 million years ago. There's a voiceover from Mario talking about the dinosaurs and how a meteor hit the Earth... And wipe them out. But what if they didn't get wiped out? Question mark. Leave it hanging in the air for suspense. Then it cuts to 20 years ago in Brooklyn. Where we're following a woman carrying a thing. As she goes to a church to drop off the baby. Or well, the egg thing. Chamber. With a rock in it. And she she like knocks on the door. And then leaves. The first thing that came to mind. When I saw this scene was. Oh this is like the exact same opening. As Meet the Robinsons. That's funny. <laughs> but then it changes. The, the nuns bring in the egg. The woman retreats into the sewer subway. And is confronted by a guy. She blocks him off and then, like, hollers to the sky. And then... And then it cuts back to the nuns where the egg hatches. And out is a little baby girl. And the nuns are super confused. <laughs> Cut to 20 years later, we are following the Mario Brothers. 
they are Luigi's watching a conspiracy thing on TV and Mario is just kind of hanging about. He gets a call that's like, oh, you know, that they have a broken, I think, dishwasher. It's like, ah, good. This is our, our time. We can finally get some work. Let's go. So they pack up, go, but find that the job's been scalped uh, by this big corporation plumbing business. Which, I do find it a little bit odd that the way that plumbing seems to work in in New York is that the call goes out to everyone and then and then anyone can respond i guess <laughs> instead of someone calling a very specific plumbing service and be like okay please please come plumb my house <laughs> I, I don't know it's weird then we go like after they miss the job we cut to a paleontology dig site in the middle of brooklyn uh where the guy who owns that plumbing business, who I guess also just, just general construction, um, he is trying to get the paleontology site to clear out. And he, he uses a vague threat of women disappearing, making it seem like he's the one that's making them disappear, but he isn't. He, he just uses it as like a vague threat, I guess, because it, it's convenient. Uh, so she storms off to try and find a phone because it's the nineties and they don't have cell phones. So that's annoying and sad to think about, but yeah, so she goes off to find a phone, uh, and it just so happens to be the phone that, uh, Luigi's using to call their answering machine to see if they have any messages. They do have a message, but he's so enraptured by who we find out is Daisy He's so enraptured by Daisy that he like just hangs up on on a job, a potential job, and lets her take the phone. She's trying to call the university to get more security down to the site, but the university isn't really budging. So Mario and Luigi give her a lift back to the paleontology site. He asks her out to dinner. She says yes. They go out to dinner, and then we... Around this time, we're also following Iggy and Spike, who are just kind of trailing them. They've been sent by Bowser to pick up the princess, who turns out to be Daisy. And what they have... The reason that women have been disappearing is that Iggy and Spike just grabbed random women. Because I'm guessing the description that they were given was extremely vague. So they just kept grabbing random women off the street in Brooklyn. Uh, so yeah. They do that again. They kidnap Mario's girlfriend. Uh, who's, I think, named Diane in this. Um, they kidnap Mario's girlfriend after he leaves. Then uh, Luigi and Daisy go back to the paleontology site because he's like, Oh, you know, I'm actually interested in what you're doing. It seems cool. So they race there for some reason, get there, go in, and she shows him the site. And it's like these dinosaurs with extremely, like, like cartoony monster teeth. <laughs> and supposedly they have opposable thumbs as if they're dinosaurs trying to be human. 
as if it's like a evolutionary transition situation. And it, it's just, it's a bit weird. And I'm also, because this is like the same spot that her mom was at. At least, unless it might just be that they reused the set, maybe. But it's also technically around that area is like the entrance to the other world. So, theoretically, it's possible that the bones there might be her mom or something. I don't know. It's never explained properly what's going on in a lot of these things. And a lot of things just aren't consistent from one thing to another. So, so yeah, let's continue. So, so they go down, look at the site, and just as they're, like, looking at it, two plumbers come rushing out of a room as water comes spewing out of it, because there's just, like, a room with pipes next to it, to the site, and are flooding the site. So, Luigi runs all the way home, gets Mario, comes back... And then they fix the pipes. It's like, ah, cool. Plumbing montage. I guess. <laughs> While they're busy fixing the pipes, Iggy and Spike come back and like, oh man, we, we messed up. Oh, wait. There she is. Grab her and leave. Uh, Mario and Luigi then chase after them, go into the new world, and the new world is like just a grimy cyberpunk city, I guess. Where the cars that they have are powered like trams. So they have like uh, an electricity like rake, I think it's called, that pops up from the roof and like scrapes along electric wires to power the cars. In, I guess intermittently, because it, it, they don't need it all the time, I guess. But neat concept, I guess. And the, pretty much from here, they try to chase down Daisy, but they run into some issues, of course. Uh, where they they got the stone from Daisy as she was being pulled through the portal, I guess. Uh, they get they get the stone, but then they lose the stone to just a random woman who like just flies away on these jump boots that are so weird but she she leaves and so but they continue their mission of trying to get to 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 Daisy but Bowser puts out a bounty on them they get arrested they break out of prison steal a cop car well, so well sorry in while in the prison they actually have a conversation with Bowser not Bowser, sorry, in this he's called just Koopa, King Koopa, which, fair enough, like, in the first Mario game, he, he was named King Koopa, so it's fine, but it is, that's just the general confusion sometimes, but he's essentially Bowser, but, yeah, so, they talk to him, and he's like, where's the stone, and they're like, what? We we don't we don't know what you're talking about, because even they it's like such a minor thing to them that they just don't think about like okay especially since instead of just saying where's the stone he's like where's the meteorite, and they're like 
what meteorite? <laughs> what do you mean? So then he gets all angry. D evolves Toad into a Goomba. The Goombas are famously terrible. They're just like these tiny-headed things with huge bodies and whatnot. And for some reason, they give the Toad Goomba a harmonica for reasons. So that you can tell uh, which one he is, I guess. Even though they make it very obvious which one he is by his through his actions later on. So, anywho. <laughs> but yeah, so they, they escape the prison... They uh, end up in the desert. As a response, Bowser takes his uh, de-evolution machine and turns it to e like advanced, so to evolve them, and evolves Iggy and Spike, which just makes them really smart, I guess. Or it makes them at least eloquent. And they leave to go find the Mario Brothers, uh, they do. In which they get stuck in quicksand. The Mario Brothers pull them out, tie them up, try to get information, offer to give them the stone in exchange for Daisy. And then they just completely like switch allegiances at this point. To where they're like, ah, yeah, let's let's take down Bowser. And then when they run into Peach, not Peach, Daisy. When they run into Daisy, um, they say, oh, we've been a staunch supporter of your your dad since forever like we're, we're all for you and your revolution i guess uh her dad as it turns out was turned into a fungus which is not explained as to why he was theoretically an evolved form of a fungus because everyone in this world is supposed to be evolved from dinosaurs and even then, things get a bit shaky because, like, so some of the the reptiles that the Goombas are are, like, snake-headed people. That they're just, like, snakes. I, I don't know. It, it's it's so weird, <laughs> the choices that they, they made. Um, but, yeah, so her dad was a fungus and now is a fungus that's been spreading around the city. Like, just taking it over. And it, it's a bit of an issue, I guess, in the city. Though he is a sentient fungus, so th there is that. The Mario Brothers work their way back in. They turn off the heating. That comes up barely. Because the idea but behind them turning off the heating, you would think, is because, like, oh, you know, they're cold-blooded, even though dinosaurs weren't. Uh... They're 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 cold blooded, so they they would like go into hibernation. Nope, just doesn't come into play. The only thing it comes into play for is later is um they made an ice chute and they slide down it. And that's it. Besides a couple of mentions of ooh, it's getting cold. That's it. It's just ooh, we made an ice chute and we shall use it to escape. Whatever. <laughs> But yeah, so through a series of events, they meet back up with Daisy. They go to escape, but Mario goes back to save the missing Brooklyn women. And he uses said ice chute 
to help them break out. They send them back through. And then they get into a fight with Bowser. Koopa, sorry. They get in a fight with Koopa. And during all this, Koopa's second in command, this random woman, I think named Joanne or something, is trying to take the crystal or the meteor shard or whatever and rejoin it, but she's not powerful enough and gets blasted into a wall as a skeleton. And so Daisy and Luigi have to work to try and pull the crystal out. But since the crystal's in, the worlds start merging. And they merge in like the mildest uh, way to start. It's just Bowser and Mario only. Well, Bowser and Mario are teleported. Then the Twin Towers turn into the Bowser's Tower. It's like Koopa's Tower. I keep thinking Bowser because the... That's that's the one that has come to we've come to know. It's like uh, Robotnik slash Eggman. We just everyone calls him like Eggman mostly. <laughs> Anywho, move moving on. <laughs> so the twin towers are replaced with Koopa's tower, and Mario and King Koopa end up at the dig site, where the saved women are talking to them. He has, like, a mild interaction. Like, King Koopa turns the business guy who's trying to, you know, shut down the dig site into a monkey. You get the famous monkey line. And then they teleport back. And all this time, a, a little uh, bomb has been working its way around. Then Mario and Luigi shoot King Koopa with... Or President Koopa is actually what he is they shoot him with the de-evolution gun he starts de-evolving into a t-rex but then he gets blown up by the the bomb and then they just continue to de-evolve him into goo into primordial ooze and they go home they're celebrated as heroes it's like three weeks later or something like that um and you know, they're celebrated as heroes and everything. Then Daisy comes in with one of the guns and, like, tore up clothes and says, you know, I need your guys' help. And they suit up to get ready to go. And then the and then credits. You know, it, it's a sequel tease for the sake of a sequel tease because it's never getting a sequel. <laughs> but yeah, so, so that's the movie. Though there was one surprise that I did not know. One surprise that I didn't know was in the film was that there's actually a proper post credit scene. Whenever I heard anyone talking about a post credit scene, I heard them talking about the the Daisy thing where she comes in and is like, oh, you know, I need your help. But there's actually a proper post credit scene in this film where there's two Japanese businessmen saying that they want to turn their stories into a video game. Uh, and it turns and it turns out they're talking to Iggy and Spike, and they're talking about how they want it to be like the. I, I don't know. They, they're just kind of going through some title suggestions. But yeah, I'd never heard of that post-credit scene before, and I, I found that very fun. But yeah, so so that's the movie. It's really weird, but 
if you're willing to turn off your brain, it's really fun as well. Though there's a lot of inconsistencies that annoy me. So some inconsistencies uh, that annoy me. Supposedly, the cop cars don't have brakes. Except for the one time they do. So, and I'm guessing all of the cars aren't supposed to have brakes. Is what's implied by the fact that cars constantly crash into each other. But, like, the police cars, as they're coming into the station, they they use, like, aircraft carrier um, brake lines. You know, the ones that come up and a hook catches it to slow down the jets as they land. They they use that for the, their cars. Now, uh, they, that's, they don't have brakes then, and they don't have brakes later when Mario and Luigi are going through the tunnel. And he's like, you know, hit the brakes, and he's like, I can't. There are no brakes. Except when they're in the car chase, like, just a little bit earlier, they hit the brakes to stop. Or, like, to slow down so that the uh, two cop cars shoot at each other and and, dis- and destroy each other. So that was a lie. <laughs> and then later in the movie, when near the end, when the Babam's making its way across a street, a car sees it and hits the brakes. So it's like, okay, so do cars have brakes or do they not? Choose. Pick one. And then there's like the slight inconsistency of whether or not the jump boots need need charges. At one point they do, at another they don't. It's a bit inconsistent. Uh, the the mushrooms are able that they come across are just kind of able to do random ass things sometimes. Like it grows to be a shield for for Mario when he gets shot at by King Koopa. Or President Koopa. So, yeah, that's that's a bit odd. Then there's the... I guess you could say misuse of... Of iconic Mario things. So, the bob fine. I mean, it's extremely tiny. And for some reason they decided to put product placement on the bottom of its feet for Reeboks. Which I found funny. But... The the bomb overall is fine, but bullet bills. The design of bullet bills are used as the charges for the jump boots. I think. It, it's again, it's not very consistent. Then, then there's some signs around, and one of them is like bullet bill, for for like a store. Then there's also one for Thwomp. It just says Thwomp and leaves it at that. Uh, Toad's just a guy, which is annoying. Yoshi is okay. I mean, I like the I like the little puppet, but it he's very small. He is also very small. The age difference between Mario and Luigi is also weird, and what their relationship is is confusing. So. Luigi's an orphan, according to to Luigi, and Mario has raised him his entire life, like a father, mother, brother, all in one. But he does 
like so did did Mario adopt him? Did Mario's dad adopt him? And he, like when he was like twenty, I, I don't know. But yeah, it, it's weird. Then of course this is where famously the name Mario Mario and Luigi Mario uh, became canon and popular, and it's still fun to think about that. That that's probably actually their names. That's fun. Uh, Bob Hoskins famously hated this film. Supposedly he was extremely drunk on set. Uh, but he was stuck because I believe he was doing it for his kid. He's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do it. My kid likes the game, so I'll do it. Uh, but he... Once he actually started filming it and everything, he hated it. He absolutely hated it but he was contractually obligated to stay on so he just got drunk most of the time uh but overall his character's probably the best one uh, of the of the film i will say uh i think that that's pretty pretty much it that i can think of anywho uh would i recommend this movie uh no if you want a good Mario movie, but if you, like me, really enjoy bad video game movies and whatnot, yeah, give it a shot. It's it's dumb fun. You can turn off your brain and enjoy it. Uh, but, yeah. I will leave it there. It, it's a decently available on DVD currently, so if, if you want to grab it for relatively cheap, uh, knock yourself out. It's, it's, it's a dumb weird trip that's always fun to see with uh, how Hollywood used to try to adapt uh, video games. With that said, let us go ahead and transition over into the update, which will be recorded separately um, this week in a couple of days when I go to edit this, because I need to... I still need to finish the book. Anyway... <laughs> Let's get you on over to there. Okay. <laughs> Update time. Yay. So, as kind of alluded to previously, I have been... kind. I kind of dropped the ball this week a bit. Um, whoops. It, oopsies. So, I do come bearing um, excuses <laughs> as to why I have not finished the second Trials of Apollo book yet. The Dark Prophecy? Yeah, The Dark Prophecy. Um, and that's, I, I burned myself out, to be completely honest. Pulling the miraculous two-day uh, reading of the first book, as well as the like rushed catch-up in order to be able to do the two-day push on the first book. Um... Yeah, it, it took a lot out of me to do that. But, you know, it's not nearly as bad as it was with um, the Red Pyramid. The Red Pyramid, I was almost nowhere near finishing the book uh, when, when I had a similar situation. This time, I'm getting quite close to the end. I will spend probably a good chunk of the rest of today, because it's currently around my editing time so I should technically be editing the 
the episode right now, but I'm recording the update. Because I, I tried to push it as late as I could to get as far as I can. I didn't quite hit the goal I wanted to before I recorded, but you know I need to get recording and editing if I, if I want to get the episode out on time. As it is, I, I realized a little bit late that I'm neglecting editing and recording different things. So that's fun. Uh, it, it's layered procrastination, I guess you could could say. That that's pretty much it. That that's kind of why I why I've been having this issue. So what what am I going to do to to fix said issue? You you might be asking. Well, I'm like I said, I'm going to push pretty much the rest of the day to get as far as I can. And then tomorrow, I'll finish the book. So I'll be like half a day off, which isn't the worst, uh, but it is still falling behind. Then from there, I will read to uh, my first little personal checkpoint in the next book. And from there, I will continue to work on making progress. Uh, I also tomorrow have to see about recording as much as I can of the rest of uh, Republic Heroes so that I can I can properly get that finished. Because we are quite close to the end and I'm thinking of doing two big episodes to finish off that series. We shall see. <laughs> uh, as for other minor updates before I get into like how I feel about the story and whatnot of... Yeah, actually no. Let's do the story first. We'll do the story first, and then I'll I'll do more channel updatey stuff. So story wise, it's fine. It feels kind of like they took the characters' personalities and like set them back a bit to like reset them a little bit so that they can once again try to make more uh, progress. Like I, I feel like Rick Gordon looked and was like, hmm. I made Apollo slightly too likable by the end of his book, so let's reset that a bit and have him work once again into becoming a bit more of a better person. And I, I do fear that that's going to be a similar thing that's going to happen. It's going to be a two-steps-forward-one-step-back situation every single time. But, eh. Another thing that I noticed as a fun little uh, thing is that it seems to be a series of like smaller journeys, which I like. I kind of like the idea of that. Um, the first one was set almost exclusively at Camp Half Blood, and this one was set exclusively in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I like that. I kind of like the fact that it's very small. They only journey out for like specific things. They don't leave the city or anything. They it's all within the area, and I like that. That's fun. I'm I'm enjoying that. Though it does make the story feel oddly rushed and awkward because there's 6 weeks between the the first book and this book. And a lot of stuff happened in those 6 weeks, but we don't get to see what happened in those 6 weeks. So it, it, the book literally starts with them landing in Indianapolis and then the book goes from there and they're in Indianapolis the entire time. So, you know, fun. <laughs> um, yeah, the other character they seem to have tweaked Leo a bit. Because his Apollo's main companions for this book, which I, again, I think is really fun, are Leo and Calypso. 
they join him him to go on this journey and each time they have to go out it kind of switches who he's going with so his first little mission outside of the way station he had to take calypso then she got injured well no she she got exhausted because she used some magic and was brought back to the way station and the next mission it was leo that went with him and meg because meg makes a return and there's a big question around Meg as to whether or not she can be trusted. But at the same time, they don't ask that question, really. They ask it a little bit, but not not nearly as much as you think they would. <laughs> but yeah, I do like the fact that there's a lot more kind of flashbacks going into to like Apollo's connection to the, the villain of this book. Uh, that, that's fun. But yeah, I just had a lot of trouble getting into the book, partially because of my just kind of exhaustion with reading that held out for a little while, too long, some events happening uh, just around uh, around the same time I was trying to read, and just the general feel of the beginning of this book doesn't quite hit the way I was hoping it would, because again, they took Apollo's progress and kind of reset it a little bit. Not fully, but a little bit. And made it to where he had to kind of continue going. And this time he doesn't make quite as much growth by the end of the book. I think it's because he was like, oh yeah, we, we do have more books for him to grow in. But he still does grow a bit in the book. So that's good. Uh, let's see. Yeah. But then, he, like, something that annoyed me is that every like five pages or so he mentions Meg in the early part of the book and it gets really annoying when you're just trying to focus and read and you're like okay uh-huh and then Meg okay sure but then Meg uh-huh right don't forget Meg <laughs> it's like okay dude I get it you miss Meg you're sad move on <laughs> You have other things to focus on. But, but, yeah, it's fine. Then the bickering between him and Calypso for almost no real reason, really. I mean, from Calypso's point of view, sure. But from Apollo's point of view, nah. Like, why Why is he stoking the fire for no reason? He's just being a bit of a dick. But, yeah. And so far, like, I'm coming up to, like, the final big battle and whatnot that happens. And it's doing something kind of interesting. I mean, I have yet to actually get to the proper battle. But from the sounds of it, he needs to, he, he's going to miss the final battle. He's not going to be there for the final battle because he has to go do a different thing. But it's probably going to be the, a similar thing to where like he comes in at the last minute to you know be a hero, etc. We'll see. I don't know that for sure yet, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, so thing, things are going okay. <laughs> it could be better, of course, but overall, it's going okay. I'll probably have to push a little extra hard on the next book, but I'm not going to push myself too, too hard, because I don't want to burn myself out again immediately after. <laughs> that would suck. But yeah, once I actually got back into the flow of reading this book again, it progressed pretty smoothly. So, 
yeah. So uh, this next week should be okay. I should hopefully finish the next book at a relatively good speed. Hopefully finishing it around Thursday, Friday-ish. And then the book after that is going to be a little bit troublesome because there's a lot of stuff happening that week. But, fingers crossed, it should also go decently smooth. I'll make sure to carve out some time to do that. So, there's that. In channel and other stuff updates, because um, this, this kind of works as a decent position. Since I post this on my YouTube channel, and it seems that the YouTube one version of the podcast gets a lot more views. For uh, People like the video versions, even though there's nothing going on in the videos. Um, but, yeah. Oh, one other thing real quick about the book. Uh, the timeline. I'll do. I'll talk about this more in depth uh, next week because I feel like I'll have more time next week. But yeah, it, it's. I'm confused about the Percy Jackson timeline. I'm working through it, but that was one of the big things that kept holding me up because in this book there's a lot of 2016 specific references. Because this book was written in 2016 and came out in 2017. And it's it's annoying because technically, theoretically, if, say, the first Percy Jackson book was set in 2005 when it came out. This book is technically set in the winter of 2010. Based off of, like, about how long things take. So... Yeah, like the the winter before spring, the section of winter before spring in 2010, around January, February. So yeah, it, it's it's a bit weird, but also technically this is the book that has the strongest like time specific references, I feel. So yeah, you can technically say that maybe this is what you could consider the anchoring point and then you could rearrange it from there. Other things don't work. But we'll move on. We'll move on and save that for later. I'll go into a deeper discussion about the Percy Jackson timeline uh, some other time. With that said, though, as for what's happening with the YouTube channel and whatnot, uh, I'm going to be upping some of the stuff I do. Like I said, with the um, with the next Republic of Heroes uh, episodes, I plan on making them a little bit longer to try to finish off the game in like the next two episodes or so with any luck uh by pretty much making them double episodes because i'm getting a little bit tired of the game uh and i don't want to have to make too many more thumbnails plus there's only like a handful of levels left so i'd rather move move on through it as for streaming i did do a stream this past week uh it's post stream uh, stuff has done decently well. I am going to stream more, and I'm going to stream more on topic-ish stuff because this this past stream was more of a test stream where I just uh, played Battlefield, and it was fun. I had a good time. It was just a but a little bit of silly gameplay and whatnot. But this next time, I am going to stream Dark Souls, but I'm also going to be streaming uh, Mafia. So, I'll, what my plan is, one day this week I'll stream Dark Souls, another day I'll stream Mafia, 
And then I'm also going to stream some Final Fantasy XII. Because, well, I need to finish that game eventually. I have the stream archives, like, out there. I tried to do a stream, like, a year or two ago. And it did pretty well. But I didn't do it that long. And I I was able to finally make progress, which was nice. But I do need to, you know, I do need to play more of it. So that's what I'm going to do, is I'm going to... Continue Dark Souls to try to beat the Taurus Demon. That's what I'm going to try to do this week. And I'm also going to continue Mafia just to have some fun in Mafia. And then I'm going to play some Final Fantasy XII. To have three different, like a decent variety. And then I'm going to try to keep that pattern going going forward. I don't know exactly what days I'll stream those on. But we'll see. Then of course there will be like the once in a while streams with Nathan. In which we'll play like GTA or something like that. But yeah, that, that's that's going to be what happens there. With that said, though, I think that's about it. We have the plan going forward. Uh, yeah. Basically, I just need to try to not burn myself out again. It's going to be hard going forward, especially with, you know, <laughs> the next Caden Chronicles book. But I do have... I'll, I'll, I'll be eating up a lot of books in between now and then, so that should be fine. As long as I'm able to try to inch my way forward, I I need to not try to make super huge leaps or anything like that, but inch myself forward to make progress and widen the gap so that when I do eventually hit a Kane Chronicles book, I have some shielding. <laughs> anyway. Though, with that said, thank you guys so much for watching. If you guys liked this, please feel free to give it a like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Or if you're listening to the just plain old audio version of this on any podcast platform of your choice, uh, please feel free to share, review it, you know, tell your friends. It's a podcast. That That's my review of it. it it's a podcast. <laughs> uh, next week, it's going to get complicated, so... I, as I said, you know, I planned on doing uh, Annihilation this week, but I, instead I ended up doing the 90s Mario. I also planned on doing 65, potentially, but instead I ended up doing the 90s Mario. I do plan on, potentially this week, watching both of those and recording episodes for them, but they're going to have to wait to be posted. Because next week I'm thinking about doing Barbie. The week after that is going to be Haunted Mansion. Then after that will be Annihilation and 65 at some point. But I do want to try to get them done this week so that I have them. But yeah, that's the kind of plan going forward. I'll probably see about locking in the order of things uh, to keep my sanity here soon. (laughs) But yeah, with that said, thank you guys so much for watching, listening. um, And I'll talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.